Welcome in to a special edition of that SEC podcast, a little Sunday quick reaction here of my SEC power rankings. Again, we'll be back on Monday like we normally are with Cousin Shane breaking down all these games, but uh, this is something I like to do when I have the time to do it here. Couldn't do it Saturday night, so I'm doing it Sunday morning for the first time, so we'll see how it goes, but issued my power rankings Saturday night. Quick recap, thoughts, a little deeper dive than just a tweet on uh, where I got these teams, where I got them. And again, a lot of confusion with these power rankings. It's not necessarily your resume. It's all about if Team A were to meet Team B on a neutral field next week, who do I got winning the game? So break. that's as simple as I can make this. Let's start with dead last, <laughs> number 14. The Florida Gators. I mean, my God, people are wondering, how can you have Vanderbilt above Florida Gators? They've damn quit, especially especially defense, special teams. Sanford, a losing FCS team, went into the swamp this weekend, nearly knocked off the Florida Gators, scored 52 points. This is an all-time record here in the swamp first half. It was just a complete no-show, and credit Emory Jones for showing heart and this offense. For uh, Apparently, Emory Jones is a little banged up. He's still giving it all. I think he scored six touchdowns. If not for Emory Jones, a guy that a lot of fa- fans are done with, if not for him, Florida loses this game. And again, this is not a good – this is not like FCS champion team. This is FCS losing Sanford, go into the swamp, Put up 52 points on the game. The Gators have, have damn quit. I don't know how Dan Mullen's still the head coach at this point. Hell, he may he may not be by the time this uh, recording is, is put up. Number 13. Vanderbilt Commodores. No surprise, 13. You know, they showed some life here against Kentucky in the second half. That certainly looked to be more a case of uh, Kentucky jumping out to a huge lead. What was it, 28-3, to three, I think, at halftime. I think it was hard for Kentucky to continue that momentum because they knew they were going to just dominate the Commodores. Ken Seals comes back in for Vanderbilt, and he did not look good at all. They bring Mike Wright in for the second half, and he showed some signs of life there. I think that's, you know, Ken Seals may be a better quarterback than Mike Wright. That's still yet to be determined, but Mike Wright gives you that mobility. So it's almost like you got to roll with him because you, you just can't protect the quarterback either way. And... You know, Vanderbilt still showing signs of life. They covered <laughs> lock of the week. Hey, I won that one. So, uh, but still not a very good football team. That's not breaking news there. Number 12. South Carolina Gamecocks. Man, they were riding high, wave of momentum. But again, just look at that Florida Sanford score. I think that tells you everything you need to know about last week's results. We give South Carolina as much credit as we can. Jason Brown had a great performance a week ago. And, and hell, I guess Missouri, he had his moments. But we go back to what was I saying since the end of that game. He gets credit, but it's all about that running game. And that's how they dominated the Florida Gators. They ran all over them. They couldn't run on Missouri. And South Carolina just does not have the pieces uh, outside of the running back position. And if you're not blocking for him, you got no chance on offense. That's kind of what we saw against the Missouri Tigers. South Carolina, tough, tough loss. Now, once again, 
Maybe you won't be making a bowl. I mean, uh, they had a nice little rally here, but the final score was not indicative of the whooping South Carolina got against the Missouri Tigers. So uh, they're right there at 12 right now for me. Number 11. The Missouri Tigers there. Hey, let's give them credit, though. They showed signs of life. Connor Bazelak, though, I don't know what in the hell he was doing there at the end of the game. Uh, I know I picked Missouri to lose this game. I didn't think Connor Bazelak would even play in the matchup. That was a factor, but he started the game. He threw a couple touchdowns, threw a couple interceptions, including the late one. But this is really the Tyler Beatty show. My God, guy had another 200-yard performance. He put the team on his back, got it done. Missouri now, now you got to beat Florida, which certainly looks doable. You get Florida at home this upcoming week. If you can beat the Florida Gators, Eli Drinkwitz and company, you're going to the postseason. They also play Arkansas. So you got two opportunities here. But, hey, Missouri hasn't quit on Eli Drinkwitz. And Steve Wilkes and company, man, they've, you know, it is South Carolina. But let's give them credit. They stuffed the run on this one. And that's been an issue all season. Had they been playing run defense like this, their record's probably a lot better than it is right now. Number 10. Kentucky Wildcats. Again, I dropped them a little bit. I They looked like gangbusters first half, second half. I don't think they really showed up to play against Vanderbilt. But again, it's because they dominated the first half. They had this thing in the bag. Uh, but just not a ton of takeaway here. It is on the road. Although it looked like there was more Kentucky fans than Vanderbilt fans in uh, the Commodore Stadium there. Even though it was a blackout. I mean, they blacked it out with uh, blue and white there in Nashville. But Kentucky looking good. You snapped that three-game winning streak. That even to me heading into the weekend was questionable. How would this team respond? They responded absolutely the, the right way. And now that you're back on the winning track, you've got a great opportunity to finish the season on a three-game winning streak. I may have to move the Kentucky Wildcats up here pretty pretty soon. They're number 10. It may be a little too low for them. Number 9. The LSU Tigers. Man, they're showing signs of life here two weeks in a row. Nearly knocked off Alabama and Tuscaloosa. Nearly beat Arkansas. And, you know, the offense looks like it's got some life with Garrett Nussmeyer. He was out there. If you missed his touchdown, go back and watch that play. Incredible, incredible individual effort there by Garrett Nussmeyer. Unfortunately, he also had two interceptions, including the one in overtime that really won the game for Arkansas. That's what you're going to get with a true freshman, especially one that has not played like Garrett Nussmeyer. So this is the danger. You get some spark there on offense. He also could cost you the game. LSU really had an opportunity to win this one. Their defense, for whatever reason, is, is just playing lights out right now. They're down right now three of the five offensive linemen that started or were projected to start this season. So inexperienced line, inexperienced quarterback. I don't know. It, it's tough to it's tough to manufacture points obviously that's why they only got 13 on the Arkansas let give Arkansas credit but they're at night they're showing signs of life but just come up short once again against the Arkansas Razorbacks but I do like the fight that we're seeing from LSU they have not quit on Coach O either they just uh you know they're they're like putting patchwork pieces together right now they just have no depth and it shows on the field Auburn Tigers, man, what has happened to you? Not here two, three weeks ago, I think you were number four, maybe number three in these rankings. Yet uh, here we go, consecutive losses. 
Looked like you were going to blow Mississippi State out in the first half, up 28-3, to of course, and then you allow, what was it, 42 unanswered points to Mike Leach, Will Rogers, and the Mississippi State offense. And all of a sudden, coach of the year, not saying he's on the hot seat, but Auburn fans are pissed, and they should be, the way this defense played in the second half. And it's not all the defense because the offense was not getting it done either. Bo Nix, I mean, my God, first half, Looked like Heisman Bow. Second half, looked like uh, the Bo Nicks we got against Texas A&M. I don't understand. I mean, he can't at this point, he can't even be consistent for a full game. It's it's quarter by quarter, half by half. And, you know, there were some big-time plays being made by the receivers in the first half. They were not getting that done in the second half. And Auburn, all of a sudden, you're tumbling, tumbling, tumbling here. You're in the back half of my SEC power rankings. The Mississippi State Bulldogs. I mean, arguably could be higher. I mean, they just had a, a hellacious finish here. Beat the Auburn Tigers on the road. I predicted that, but hell, if you listen to the Friday show, I had no confidence really in that pick. Thought it could go either way, and it was kind of indicative of the game here. But Will Rogers, man, he is just on fire right now. Second half, completed 92% of his passes. And that's even more difficult to do after a, a tough start. I, I believe he was 5 of 11 to start the game. but that And the defense, it was kind of a mixed bag here. The first half, it was that defense we saw earlier in the year, giving up big plays left and right, but completely locked down the Auburn Tigers in the second half. So credit to Zach Arnett and that crew. But Mississippi State, I got you number seven. Arguably, could be a little bit higher. Just need to see that consistency. Again, highs and lows. We're seeing it <laughs> half to half now from uh, Mike Leach's offense. If they put it all together, they definitely deserve to be moving up this list. And all of a sudden, that Egg Bowl, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, that's looking like one hell of a game. Number six. All right, the fans are the most pissed off for at me. <laughs> hey, I just call it like I see it. If you want me to just give an opinions to make the fans happy, uh, I mean, my opinion's not worth anything. Arkansas Razorbacks, I got you number six. That's still probably good for about top 20 in the country. I mean, my God, I'm not sitting here saying you're horrible, but just not overall thrilled by the uh, the way the Razorbacks are playing, particularly on offense. I mean, K.J. Jefferson is incredible. I mean, he's making moves left and right. He's fighting for his life here. But aside from that, I mean, Traylon Burks, slow game. It was tough going for him. Uh, the defense, let's give them credit. Again, they were going up against a, an LSU freshman quarterback, uh, and he had to make some spectacular plays to give LSU anything in this one. But it was just an ugly, ugly performance. Even Sam Pittman said that after the game. You got to give Arkansas credit for the win. You know, if anything else, you know, this is a game Nine times out of ten, Arkansas loses in years past. But the culture, the winning culture there of Sam Pittman and these players, Barry Odom, Kendall Bryles, they have got these guys believing they can win these games. Had to go into overtime late, but they get it done. They made the plays in overtime, and that's why you see Arkansas a much better team than LSU right now, and that's why Sam Pittman Looks to be one of the best coaches in the SEC while Cocho's on his way out. That's the difference, man, because LSU, by raw talent, should win games like this. But it's Arkansas. It's that belief. It's that fight. Never giving up. Let's give Arkansas Razorbacks credit 
again, I'm not shitting on your team here. I mean, my God, six in the SEC. Uh, that Again, that makes you one of the best 20 teams in the country, in my opinion. I just need to be a little bit more consistent here. This is uh, two games in a row here. Really could have went either way. Could have lost that Mississippi State game rather easily. But again, you have step up. You make the plays in the crucial time. Giving you credit for that. Number five. All right, most controversial. Oh, my God. A huge homer over here. Tennessee balls, number five. I just love the way Tennessee's playing. And, yes, they got whooped by Georgia. Who said they were going to lose by 30? I did. I mean, that's to be expected. That's how damn good Georgia is. That's just more of a reflection on Georgia Bulldogs tearing through the SEC. First time, 8-0 in their history. But Tennessee, go watch a game. I don't. People complaining. I don't know if you have because uh, they came out and they made Georgia's defense look pretty average right away. And this was – Arguably the worst performance I've seen from Hendon Hooker since he took over the starting job at, at Tennessee. Yet the offense was still having some success. The defense, they were holding Georgia in check there for a while. Again, this is a tenacious group. T- here's the problem. Tennessee, Tennessee's got no depth. they got no margin for error. When Hendon Hooker threw that interception, that was ball game because you cannot beat the Georgia Bulldogs giving them anything. Tennessee would have needed about three turnovers, getting three turnovers to win this football game. You give it away to Georgia, that you got no shot. Uh, so I'm not – I just don't penalize Tennessee for losing to Georgia. How can you? And just look at the way Tennessee's been playing, man. They've. Been, I know the defense really struggled against Kentucky, but beyond that, they have been pretty solid all season. I know – I guess it's moral victory you here, but they're playing – Georgia, Alabama, Ole Miss, tighter as hell. And you'll see where I got those teams ranked. Maybe it gives you an indication of why I'm so high on Tennessee right here as uh, they look to be getting hot at the right time. Number four. Texas A&M. Why didn't I drop Texas A&M a little bit lower? You know, this was just a really, really tough performance, of course. I think it had more to do with uh, Ole Miss showing up to fight and play it harder than they've played all season on that defensive side. But I still got a lot of faith in the Aggies. They just, they just didn't get it done. Put themselves in a hole. Nearly stole this one late in the game. They were uh, forcing field goals, which really kept them in the game here in the red zone. But too many mistakes, man. Uh, that interception Demas had, or the past two Demas, he should have caught it, intercepted. That was a huge play in the game. And then Zach Calzada kind of forced that late one. Pick six. That was all she wrote. Again, we'll give Ole Miss all the credit in the world, but I think Texas A&M still a good team. Just, again, put themselves in a hole. Did not make the plays Saturday night in Oxford. Still got a ton of faith in Texas A&M being uh, a top 15 caliber team. Number three. So right there, number three, we got to give them credit. The Ole Miss Rebels. Man, they are just playing lights out. This looks like that offense is starting to heal up. They were heating up. Had they converted in the red zone, more touchdowns, they would have blown AM out. Couldn't get that done, but on the bright side, their defense was playing gangbusters, man, where this Texas AM offensive line was finally coming together. They were, I think, what was it? They had three straight games of 215 rushing yards heading into this matchup, completely stifled on that side of the ball. Let's give Ole Miss all the credit in the world. Matt Corral, hopefully, this puts him back up in the Heisman conversation like. We were suggesting it could all week. But uh, Ole Miss, man, they're looking good. And, again, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, I believe they're going to be battling out for second place 
in the SEC West on Thanksgiving. I mean, how incredible is that? Number two. All right, number two. Alabama, no surprise, just beat the hell out of New Mexico State. Don't take much away from this, but they did cover that 51.5 points. I mean, that's pretty remarkable, but uh, and that was with New Mexico jumping out to a 3 nothing lead. I tweeted out, upset special. I, I thought people would get that I was kidding. They did not, but uh, Alabama, I believe, ripped off about 50 straight points after the, getting behind a New Mexico State. Not a lot to take away from this one, but still, with Texas A&M struggling, I think it's clear that uh, there's there's still that separation between Alabama and A&M that look to be getting closer and closer. But uh, Crimson Tide, they righted the ship, so to speak, after uh, an uneven performance there against LSU. Number one. All right, same team it's been all season. Georgia Bulldogs, how can you have them anywhere but number one in the top spot? James Cook, what a performance he had. And the Bulldogs, even though they're getting a little banged up on that defensive side of the ball, harassing Hendon Hooker all day long. It really seemed to, to get to Hendon Hooker again. I think that, that was the worst performance I've seen from him since he took over the starting position there at Tennessee. Stetson Bennett, again, a little bit of an uneven performance. Tennessee, the game plan certainly looked to be you know, hope and pray to get Georgia in the third and long, make Stetson Bennett beat you. And he did it about half the time. But the other half, I mean, it cracked the door open for Tennessee. So I know I keep going back here, back and forth. But uh, Stetson Bennett, not the greatest of performances. He was mobile. He had the rushing touchdown. That was huge. But the fact that you whooped up an SEC opponent and your quarterback is not even on his A game, that gives you an indication of just how damn good Georgia Bulldogs are and that tenacious D. And, man, they were all over the field on Saturday. Uh, this one may have been in doubt a little bit early, but Kirby said it best after the game, that Missouri disappointing performance, if you can call it, 40-point win, a disappointing performance. That really locked in the Georgia Bulldogs, and it showed on Saturday. And now the Bulldogs, perfect, 8-0 for the first time in their history in the SEC. And, of course, they've already locked up their spot there in Atlanta, but they're rolling heading into these final weeks of the season.
There's someone